so. We do what? <laughs> we do three, two, one, go. Okay, good. We're recording. That's good. We're recording. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Vimster and the Ginger Podcast. Hey, it's, guys. It's Sunday because we forgot last night. Yeah, um, we've got a family emergency today. Too. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll get on that. But we have a special guest. Uh, if you'd like to say hello. Hi, everyone. Hey. Everyone meet TJ. TJ, meet everyone. Shake hands. You know, do a little wave. Uh, TJ's on this week because we were talking about last week, in the, or yeah, I think last week, we talked about people that are chasing their dreams and that we wanted to have you guys on. And TJ's one of those guys. So without kind of getting into our normal like kind of ridiculousness, TJ, explain what your dream is and what you're doing with it. Yeah, so I actually started a nonprofit organization called Schools to Give Hope or as a hashtag lingo S2GH. Um, but yeah, it's just a organization that will team up locally with groups or people and eventually, uh, you know, doing our own things. But we're building schools, training teachers and places that villages, towns that don't have access to that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we want to bring schools and bring training things to those villages so that every child uh, in this world has an opportunity that they can go to school and get educated and all that stuff. I mean, there's a big thing. Uh, I mean, it goes bigger than just education uh, as far as, like, human trafficking, uh, child labor, all that stuff. The the biggest com- or the biggest thing to combat that issue is by putting kids in school and giving them education. Mm-hmm. So it's not just giving kids an opportunity to learn and, and grow from that, but it's, it's, it's protecting them, it's keeping them safe, it's giving them more opportunities than what they would normally have if they didn't have a school. That's awesome. I mean, you know, you look at that and a lot of as Americans, we take it for granted because it's just like, you know, for us, it's the norm. And you don't think about that. The reason why in these countries that there's so many issues is because there's not access to schools or the schools that there are access to are far away or they cost a lot of money. I know uh, uh, my sister's working with this missions group down in Mexico and they're starting an orphanage. And they have to get all these kids that they have now as orphans, they have to get them into the school. And they were talking about all, how much money it costs to pay for them to go to school, basically. you know. And it's just kind of an extent you don't think about when you're setting that all up. Right. And how, yeah. how long have you guys been around, TJ? Uh, we actually just started in January of this year. Um, it's been something that's been on my heart for a while. And finally just kind of manned up and decided, hey, let's do this. Uh with different aspects that was going on in my life, it was just kind of now or never. So I had to step away from some stuff that I really love to do, but uh, I'm looking forward to this new adventure and this new step. Yeah, that's, that's cool. um, kind of as let's kind of give everybody kind of a background. TJ, we, we talked about like what your dream is, but for those who might not know who you are, kind of give us a little bit of your background, uh, like where you're from, what, what what's kind of led to this step of saying, you know what, I'm going to just, I'm, I'm jumping off the diving board. I'm going in head first into this dream. Yeah, I was uh, born and raised in Rochester, Minnesota. Um, my parents are uh, ministers. Um, so I kind of went to Bible college. I felt called into ministry to do some sort of uh, like ministry type of job. And when I was younger, I always kind of figured missions would be out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my my grandpa was a, a missionary, and I was just, it was one of those things, I was like, I don't want to leave the comfort of home, so I was kind of 
I made a side deal with God saying I'll be a youth pastor, but kind of that's it. But the older you get, and you realize that that's kind of stupid. And so I decided to just become more obedient to what God had for me. Mm-hmm. And so more of this opportunity of going back to what I felt when I was initially called into ministry was to be more of a missional mindset and impacting the nations instead of just uh, Minnesota. So, yeah, that kind of birthed in everything. I finally got out of my own way and decided, you know, at 36 and single, and there's no better opportunity yeah. or time than now, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they always talk about, you know, when you have that opportunity to go for it because it's something that, you know, right now you're available. You know, in three or four years it might be like, oh, I can't because of this, and, you know, these things will well, you back yeah. in a certain there's no, There's no perfect time. It's one yeah. of those things where you just need to yeah. take that leap and go ahead. But um, I guess what made you decide to do what you're doing now? Like what made you lead to a, like yeah. like doing the schooling stuff? Yeah, like, yeah. Schooling and everything. Yeah, I've always had a heart for for kids. I mean, that was like even when I didn't go to Bible school right away, I went into my my college career as going to be a teacher because I always wanted to work with kids and I wanted to be a coach. Um, and then when I went to Bible school, got my my degree in pastoral ministry with an emphasis in youth. And so I came back as a youth pastor, and then I got a job as a coach at one of our uh, private schools here in town. Mm-hmm. And from there, it really just kind of the whole aspect of importance of proper education kind of really birthed this idea inside of me that you can use education for so much more uh, than just book smarts. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. So working with our kids, uh, mentoring some of the players, seeing them grow from sixth graders to, to seniors, um, seeing the opportunities that are presented because you play that teacher role in their life. And, and like I said, another major thing is uh, with such a, a huge thing with child labor and even now with the sex trafficking, human trafficking, to be able to go into these countries and use that to combat that and to provide these kids with a hope is, is something that, I mean, it just transcends everything. It's what makes me tick. It, it's uh, the thing that I find most pleasing to what I do is when I do work like this. How many yeah. schools do you have going on right now like uh, in the process of being built? Uh, so there's one school right now that they're kind of in the process of that we're raising funds for. There was a school in Kuala, Myanmar, where I was just at, and we were able to team with them and provide them to finish up their roof and then also to add some other stuff to their school to help complete that. Um, I'm big into, like, hubs and organizations, so w- our, our goal is to work with that school um, and use that kind of like a hub training center so when they train teachers and send them on, that our foundation, our, our nonprofit NPO, will be able to raise funds and allow uh, those to go towards those new schools when they send teachers and not have something like finances get in the way of putting out schools. Um, I think that's super important and just something that when the time is ready, I think there needs to be a chance that they can go and not be held back. So in Myanmar, there's one. Uh, we're trying to get into contacts in uh, Brazil, contacts in uh, Kenya, and then contacts in Thailand uh, for future purposes. But the big thing is not getting ahead of ourselves. So we're mm-hmm. kind of right now is just the the one that's upcoming right now. I think that's really important because a lot of people, you know, you're t- we're talking about taking that that 
jump off the, the diving board and either people will stay on the board and not want to move because they're scared or they'll jump in and like try and start so many little fires and then yeah. next thing you know they're like oh i can't control all this so it all falls i think starting small and starting but starting now is more important than planning for 15 years to do something big you know it's i mean what you're doing is big but you know starting with we can do this right now we can do this right now right until you start actually doing it it's just a bunch of what ifs yeah that so getting yeah. out there and just doing it, i think that's what's awesome um tell us a little bit about your last trip um i know you just got back a couple well, last week and yeah was it was fun. awesome i mean i hate flying and so, like, God has really been kind of, like, working on me, and, like, I just, I don't know how to explain it. Like, the one thing I dislike most in this world is olives, and the second thing is probably flying. Um, but through all of this, it's it's just getting on a plane and just getting there and going. So, yeah, it wasn't too bad getting over there. It's about... 19 20 20 23 hours in a plane plus all the layovers Ooh, man. and then when i got there um the weather was great it's kind of a mountain area it was used as a uh, railroad station uh, for the british uh, during their colonial days and now it's used as a myanmar like military kind of town um so the weather was great 85 is the hot times but you get a nice cool breeze at night it gets down to like sweatshirt uh, sweatpants kind of weather. Mm-hmm. The people are so friendly. Um, like when I had my little motorbike accident, uh, I mean, everyone was there helping out as much as possible, um, trying to get me to what I needed. But yeah, they're just, it, it is, it's unbelievable how nice and kind they are. But yeah, the trip was great. Able to see the school that we helped with the roof, uh, meet some new contacts, uh, be able to share some dreams and vision with them, mm-hmm. get excited with them. Uh, uh, even though, you know, I had the motorbike accident, broke my collarbone, it was still, I, I wouldn't have changed anything on that trip. Uh, it sounds kind of dumb, but again, I think that uh, every everything that life throws at us, uh, we can choose to get bitter about it or learn from it and just take it as it is. And so I wouldn't change anything, but yeah, it's just it was a great time and great kind of first by the land uh, visit that we had. Yeah, and kind of first boots on the ground kind of situation to kind of see this is what it's like. Plus, it's got to be really cool, you know, actually seeing um, everything that you're doing and affecting everyone around you. It's kind of cool hearing that you know they're all for you know when you had your accident that they're all trying to do everything they can to help you out too because i mean it's not just a one-way street you're helping these guys out it's kind of cool to help to i guess see uh, i don't know where i was going with that yeah <laughs> nobody stopped, nobody stopped me <laughs> no it's not no no i think it's yeah it's cool that like and i don't really see it and i like i've been on a couple trips and it's never been nearly as far but it's kind of like the when you just go and just say like we're here to serve and we're just here to help you guys out you know like they're so embracing of that and it's not like uh oh like we're so much better off than you it's like you go in it with the heart of like we just want to do whatever we can right. you know yeah. like essentially all we did was win the genetic lottery and we're born in america so it doesn't mean that like we should hold that over anybody it doesn't mean we should stop us from like trying to help those that are you know for the sheer act of luck, you're like, oh, you were born in a country that's like, you know, your best bet is to be, 
you know, still like still have a really rough go at it. Yeah, and then I mean, I'm not one of those like even when we were in Nairobi for the to the two times that we went over there, um I'm so some people say I'm apathetic, but I don't think that. I'm just kind of laid back and I prefer to do missions trip as um like as life intended it to be. So we weren't on schedule very much and it's just a great opportunity to like go there and see normal day life. I hate being confined into a box that we have this meeting at 10 o'clock and we have this meeting at 1230 and we got to get you here at four o'clock. So uh, when I was over there, I know that the people I were with were like, I, I feel bad that we don't have all this stuff planned for you and all that. It's just, it was great to just see kind of life how it is mm-hmm. and then you're able to really kind of see that in a in, i don't know in a better light especially like when we were in africa just being able to see how they do their ministry and how they interact with their people and all that was just so much better than just making myself seem to be so bigger where i have to do workshops or, or preach or do any of that stuff i mean there's times for that but at the same time man i'd rather just go you know, pull up my arm sleeves and and do some work in real life situations instead of trying to make a grand entrance. And there are times for that, but I mean, oh, yeah. it kind of goes back to like what you guys said about not. I mean, dreaming big is important, um, but not to get too ahead of ourselves. And so, being able to get there and experience life as they do it is is great for me to to not get too far ahead of myself to figure out what can be done. Um, while still dreaming big, but keeping it in reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's it's really important because you see that, like when you go on some missions trips, and it's like, you know, essentially, it's like, hey, we're just gonna like bring around the Americans as like a show. It's like you suddenly become. It's like we're like up with people. They like we're on we're on a bus. They kick us off the bus. We do like a song and dance routine. We get back on the bus. We go to the next stop, and you don't ever actually see it in, in reality. You don't really change much because. The people just see, oh, hey, they come in, you know, they dance around, do something crazy, and then they go, and then they leave, and we're in the same situation. But to go in and, like, do what you're doing where it's we're going to go in and we're going to change their life, not just when we're here, but when we go back on a plane and we fly and we fly away, you know, we've implemented the things to keep that life change happening so it's not just a, you know, flash in the pan kind of a thing. Yeah, I think short-term mission outreaches are great and have their points, but you know, the MPL, we're trying to make something more, mm-hmm. um, not, I mean, just more impactful and long-term. So eventually, uh, when I'm able to, it's, it will either be stationed in one of these hubs and then traveling, or if God intends me to travel nonstop to all these different areas i think a lot of it depends on how my life goes i mean if i'd love to be married and settle down and then we would like take a place where we settle in a hub and work specifically with that area and then take a couple of weeks you know throughout the year to go to these other places and make sure the training's going on and the schools are doing okay mm-hmm. um but if i were to never get married and just being able to have that flexibility then yeah that'd be something where i could go like every time there's a new school to be built, go there for a couple of weeks and then kind of live that nomadic life. And mm-hmm. um, whatever God has for me, I guess I've been preparing myself for a, such a time as this. So mm-hmm. it's exciting and looking forward to it. And just seeing the the, the tip of the iceberg is, is, is great. I'm ready to put the scuba gear on and get below <laughs> that surface and see how big it really goes. Yeah, yeah, I think it's 
I think it's awesome. I mean, I've kind of been kind of following from a distance uh, all of your traveling and kind of this new venture you're taking. If other people want to follow you, what is the best way for them to stay on top of what your stuff? We'll we'll uh, make sure that in the podcast description this week we'll have links to all this. But just kind of where where can where can people find you at? Yeah, um, the main thing would be the website. It's not officially completed. Um, okay. I, I'm I'm terrible at procrastinating so it's something i want to be done within the next couple of days but our website's just schools to give hope.com um we do have an instagram uh we have a twitter handle we also have a facebook page okay. um but yeah the main thing is the website and then signing up for the newsletter uh we'll be doing quarterly newsletters to let everyone know what's going on um and, like, obviously there's always things that you can do for, like, financial support or prayer support. Mm-hmm. But I believe so wholeheartedly if God is behind something, then finances take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. So my goal is when I talk to people is just to get the word out. I like to, hey, this is what we do. Uh, tell other, tell someone else. Tell two or three people. Um, I think the craziest dream vision I have is, when people think of like giving blood, they think of like the Red Cross. And so, and I want people to think of like building schools and helping out, uh, countries and stuff immediately think of schools to give hope. So that's kind of like the grandiose vision that I have. It's kind of crazy and out there, maybe a little bit, uh, a little cocky, but hey, that's, you that's what drives that. me. You have to have that too. I mean, we've been talking yeah. about like not dreaming too big, but in the back of your mind, you know, it's just not always making it public your big dreams. You know, it's like in the back of your mind, you're like, this is what I want to do. I'm going to, you know, play 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 these couple cards here and go slow at it. But, but the back of your mind, the big dream, because in reality, that's what you're running for. You know, you're running to be or you're running for this to become like in every nation that needs a school. It's and, and to be able to as soon as you find out about a need, you can just immediately send a team there like, OK, go build a school there. Go like not have to go. Well, we have to. You know, check stuff out. You want to be able to just be right there, which I think is awesome. Yeah, I had a talk with someone about being, like, Christian lazy. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's something, like, I have found myself in the past becoming, like, you get by and you get, like, the accolades. Oh, that was a great sermon. That was a great worship set. You did a great job in that workshop, yada, yada. But when you look back at it, you're like, you kind of half tushed it. I, I can say that on the podcast, right? Half tushed yep. it. Yep, tushed yes. it. Uh, yeah, tushed it. <laughs> Actually, we might we might adopt that term. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's just the challenge that I want this thing to be the best, biggest thing that I've ever done, and so I can't half tush that. I have to put myself completely into it mm-hmm. and really work hard at it. And the last couple years of coaching, like, really challenged me to do that to look at every practice as if it was my last practice. Look at every game as it's the last game I'm coaching. Look at every player as it's the last player I'll ever coach. And to really pour myself into them instead of, you know, kind of holding things back. And, like, I love to challenge the kids that I'm mentoring now is don't half it. Go all in if that's what God is calling you to do. Mm-hmm. Because even if it doesn't succeed or doesn't look the way that you want it to, if God is calling you to, that, then that's the issue between him really um as long as you're being obedient to what he wants you to do then everything takes care of itself but yeah the 
the more that we go all in, I think the greater that we become. But if we hold things back, there's always that kind of what if thing. What if I would have done this better? What if I would have done this a different way? Yeah, and I think that's, you know, I've, I've, I know a lot of stuff in my, like my own life that I've kind of felt like, oh man, I should do something there. And then I just never do. Or I get, you know, kind of go start, start something and then just kind of let it fail and do that whole, like that Christian lazy thing of like, and, you know, and then I'll look back a couple of years later and be like, oh, man, I forgot that I was already, you know, like that I kind of essentially half touched it. And I think now in, in my life, I'm trying to like with what, you know, the the, the things that God's kind of going, OK, this is what you're going to do. I'm trying to have that, you know, push for that attitude and talking to guys like you that are like, hey, I'm just going and doing it. Like I quit my job and I flew overseas to start building schools is kind of encouraging to. You know, especially people that are kind of thinking on the fence, like, is this, you know, is this something to do? And it's not something, if you're not prepared to do it, it's not like, you know, that's that's the other problem. Sometimes, you know, we can get kind of so much like, I want to go do this. I'm not planning ahead on, like, how this is going to work, you know. And then you're, like, the crazy person that, like, sells your house and then realizes you're homeless. And you're like, oh, wait, I don't have anywhere to go and I don't have a plan, but I thought I should sell my house. Yeah. So, so I think that's great. Um. I don't know where we're at. What? We're Kinda fine. At. What? We're fine. We're good? Okay. Usually Alex gives me like little cues, but I haven't seen anything yet. So uh, other than that, so you're going back in October. Are you going back to the same area or are you going to a different area? No, the, October? Yeah, the goal is to be back in October and then put on a, um, a sports camp, okay. uh, work with some of the people there and just doing like a outreach camp. Okay. And then also, again, establishing more of a relationship with that area. Mm-hmm. Um, because of where Kalaw is situated, I think that it would be a great, I mean, it is a great area that you can have that as kind of like the main place, but then you're still within areas that need schools, that need outreaches, that you can send people and kind of have that as a main hub and Okay. Yes, yeah, so I want to go back out there in October. Uh, there's a conference I want to go to in the middle or beginning of September that's in Thailand um, just to be able to uh, connect with people, networking. Because um, the, the biggest thing isn't necessarily, in my view, is not finances. I mean, you can if you can talk really good and get to the right people, uh, I believe that finances will always be there for something like this. Um, it's getting the right people who are trained to take on these things. So right now it's like, I mean, it comes to mind the scripture, you know, the harvest is plenty of, you got the workers issues. So yeah, we're looking for training teachers, getting enough people trained for that. So that's kind of the focus. And that's where I need to look for is if, if you have someone that's trained and they're waiting, let us know so we can get the schools into their hand. Mm-hmm. If you need help with the training, let us know so that we can get you contacted with the right people or we can use the resources that S2GH has to help you with that training. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, shout out to like Google and Microsoft and Amazon and Facebook with all their nonprofit stuff. It's amazing how the resources that they have made available uh, are able to help a lot of these MPOs with stuff that I can use and help with these third third world countries basically to uh for example like wi-fi routers all that stuff satellite things to bring a higher level education to these schools that they can have mobile libraries they can have uh mobile classrooms where 
they can go online and look up things and learn things and just the opportunities with that where, you know, before you're looking at having a budget of, you know, $20,000 just for iPads or computers. Now through things like Google and Microsoft um, and even with like Apple nonprofit, you can go through them and they donate used equipment stuff on the cheap and now you're able to use your resources here in the States to help out these countries uh, get the the cool education that these kids would like to use to learn. Yeah. Right. So these these schools that you're building over there, they they you know they'll have um, like computers and all that stuff available to them. Yeah, our goal is uh, to eventually be able to have you know the the type of technology that we have in the states made available to them if the the resources are accessible to them. I mean, it's pointless to give an iPad to someone with that we can't put electricity in or they can't put a Wi-Fi in. But for where we're at in Kalal with the the 4G networking that they have, that is definitely something that we can do and look forward to uh, providing the classroom with computers or iPads so the kids can go online and learn and you give them to the teachers for education and stuff that with just, you know, a, a download, a click here or there, they can get all their lesson plan, download it for them. Mm-hmm. Instead of having to ship curriculum to them, they can do it all online. And, yeah, it's just the technology that we have in this world is shrinking everything, so let's let's use it to our advantage. Yeah, let's, exactly. Uh, let's take care of it. Yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of cool because it's like the same technology that it would be in those they're talking about the industry, you know, like between the – the child labor and then like the the slavery issues over there it's like some of the same technology that might be helping that is also going to be able to help combat combat that with you know letting the like the technology be in the classroom because it's going to like you said shrink the whole area because suddenly instead of going oh we have to like send like two tons of books over so that the kids can read something we can be like here we sent over this box of ipads and it's got all the books in it so they just you know they'll have that versus having to have all these other resources yeah and using stuff like that for translation purposes too i mean how much easier is it to translate a book and put it in pdf and then send it online than trying to translate multiple books into actual like paperback so i mean there's advantages with that uh, especially with myanmar with the different um uh the different groups of people that they have to be able to translate it to actually and to use it to their language uh, that they can use to learn from instead of kind of moving away from from that into a more formal, uh, I guess, Burmese-type language. We can keep everything to what their history, what their family is is used to. And so that's a great thing to keep the culture uh, where they're at, uh, to allow them to continue to learn from their, their history and, and also... I mean, just the the opportunities that we have now with our technology is just great. And I'm like you said, with human trafficking and child labor, those people are always going to try to be one step ahead. So if we can get to the point that we're even with them or even a one step ahead of them, mm-hmm. then we can keep those kids in school, keep those kids safe and protected. Yeah, yeah I think that's awesome. Well, um, I think at this point, I think we're going to kind of wrap things up. So again, uh, guys listening, if you want any more information Check it out. Like I said, the website is going to be the best way. It's we'll throw the we'll throw the link. Yeah, we'll throw the links. But schools to give hope dot com. Um, I would encourage you guys if you are looking for something, you know, if you're looking at you need you want to help somebody out and you want to help out an organization that is actually doing things. It's not like it, one of these organizations that you help and 
you know, a fraction of the of the money you give actually goes to help. This is an organization that's really out there doing things that are actually useful. They're not they're not patting them on. They're you know they're not patting themselves. So um, I'd encourage you guys to get involved in this. Follow it. Follow TJ on his adventures around the world. I know I am going to be. And you know, it's like I said, if you're somebody else out there too who's doing something, you're following a dream. Let us know. We'd love to have you on because that's kind of what we're hoping to do with this podcast uh tj thanks so much for being with us tonight today hey yeah no problem and everyone listening man if if you feel confident and strongly enough just do it Mm -hmm. uh there's never a better time than than the present Mm -hmm. uh keep waiting pushing things ahead you'll look down and say seven years from now man i missed my opportunity to do it so yeah just be encouraged to, to embrace it and go get it don't worry about how scary it is. Uh, everything's kind of scary when it's new, mm-hmm. um, but if you know if it's destined to be, then you figure out a way to do it. Yep, that is that is very true. If it's if it's supposed to work out, it usually will. And if it if it looks like a turd, it might be a turd. That'll be and don't half touch it. Don't don't half touch it. I think we found ourselves. I think we did. No half touch it might be our new one of our new favorite lines. Anyway. If you've listened to the podcast, TJ, I don't know if you know how we always sign things off. Usually Alex cuts me out. Yeah, like right now. Say, All right, good yep, guys. That's it. Bye. Bye. Bye.